0: Auburn family and welcome back. You are listening to Page 8 podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. This week we are mainly just going to be recapping last week and some main events that happened and then giving you a nice sneak peek into some of the less reported on sports. So that's going to be exciting but first we have Plainsman sports editor Caleb Jones and our assistant sports editor Henry Zimmer with us today. Hi guys.
1: Howdy. How's it going?
0: Okay so we're going to be talking all about basketball and The men's team had their first loss since December um, this past week, and we're going to be kind of breaking it down and and figuring out what that means. And then on Monday, Auburn went down in the rankings to number two behind Gonzaga. A lot of people were kind of predicting that that would happen um, since Gonzaga has been a pretty dominant team so far. But um, what do you guys think about that ranking? Is it fair?
1: Yeah, I'd say it's fair. Uh, I'm a pretty big believer that if you lose a game, you do need to you do need to kind of drop a little bit, and especially if you're the number one team in the country. I think it goes both ways. If Gonzaga had lost a game and Auburn was number two, I feel like Auburn fans would have felt that Auburn should be number one. So I think it goes both ways in that matter.
2: Yeah, Gonzaga hasn't lost. They're twenty one and two, I believe. Yeah, they're twenty one and two, so they're probably the best team in the nation. They play in a weaker conference, but when you win so many games in a row like Auburn did. You know, whoever has the biggest win streak at that point as one of the best teams deserves to be the overall best team. And I think that's completely fair. you got a little less to play for when you're number—or a little less to watch out for, I guess, when you're number two, wouldn't you say? I mean, that's—you know how big as a target on your
1: back? Yeah, I mean, you still have a fairly large target on your back, but I don't think—I don't think it's as big as number one, you know? Or as much pressure, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Uh I mean— Auburn played well in, in their couple of games that they were ranked number two, Absolutely. and they they had some shaky ones at number one. I think there's there's a lot more pressure, like you said.
0: Do you think that they will maybe perform a bit better now that they are number two and they might have more to prove, or um, how do you think that's that this ranking is going to affect the way that they move forward?
1: I don't think it. I don't think it would affect their play as much as it you know may affect their mindset. If that makes sense, like, you're mm-hmm. still going to go out. They're still going to play Auburn basketball. But, you know, maybe with the loss, you kind of get that weight off of your shoulder. It almost felt like it was destined to happen. You just didn't know when it was going to happen. Yeah, And it's kind of like what Wendell Green said. It's He thinks it's good for the team to have that loss. It kind of takes you back to ground level a little bit. You regroup, and now you're like, all right, let's get on another win streak.
2: Yeah, I think once you're number one and you lose and you drop a ranking – you know the, the pressure's kind of off. You've been there, you've done it. Now you know what it feels like, so you're ready to kind of chase that again. And if you lose a game, you know the win streak's over. So you're, you're done. You're back at ground level, and I feel like there's no pressure now. Now that they, they're kind of yeah, they're back at they're back at ground one. They're back at the regular where they probably need to be. You know, take your take the air out of it a little bit, and you know now they can start another winning streak. And this is the time of year you want to start winning streaks and not end them. So. You a 19-game win streak or whatever would mean you're a national championship. Yeah, if you started your win streak now and didn't lose, you're probably in a pretty good spot. So, hey.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And it is kind of interesting that they still haven't lost a game in regulation. Um, both of their losses have come in over time, which I think just goes to show how legitimate they really are. Um, and the conference, you know, that they're playing in is is so difficult. So it'll be interesting. I think, you know, Gonzaga will probably be number one for a while, but um, if not, you know, for the rest of the season. But um, Auburn definitely has a, a more difficult conference, I think. Um, I want to kind of dive into the Texas A&M game. College game day was here. It was super, um, super fun, but and they had a pretty solid win, 75-58. Um, they looked a little bit sloppy to me um, in the first half, but I think part of that was due to, Texas A&M's defense. Um, I think having Je- uh, Zep Jasper back in, um, you could tell that things were just running a bit smoother. What did you guys see um, from them in the Texas A&M game?
1: I think it's like you said. You know, the the first half performance was kind of slow on the offensive side, but the defense was incredible in the first half, and a lot of that has to do with having Zep Jasper back on the court for the Tigers. You know, he's probably one of their best defensive players. He he provides that extra that extra breather that Wendell Green Jr. needs to be most effective. Um, so if you look at the games that Zep was out where Wendell Green was playing thirty plus minutes, you know he was scoring a lot, but he was also he was pretty gassed. he was pretty winded by the end of it. You mm-hmm. know, and so having Zep Jasper have it playing playing minutes, then you kind of give Wendell Green a little more time. And I think that win also kind of shows that there are a lot of people out there that are like Wendell Green should start, but I think. Wendell Green coming off the bench, that role is really a lot more crucial than I think a lot of people realized.
2: And I think it takes a lot of pressure off KD Johnson, too, as the other guard. Uh, when you looked at that game in Arkansas, he didn't play well at all. And I think that's a lot of Wendell Green and KD trying to overcompensate for somebody to like Jasper, Jasper being out. Mm-hmm. And when he comes back, he puts everybody back in their regular roles. Like Alan Flanagan can play point guard, and we saw it when Shreve Cooper was out, and then we saw it at Arkansas – but he's not a true point guard. I don't think it, it's comfortable for him. So when everybody gets back to their regular positions, you know, it took a half for them to kind of figure it out. But they scored 40 points in the second half against Texas a and mm-hmm. The defense had more blocks than Texas A&M had made shots in the first half. So, you know, if you can do that and you can play defense like they can and if you've got to scrounge up some offense here and there, that's fine if your defense is holding like it does. And, you know, they're playing Vanderbilt this week and they're not a great offensive team, so... You know the same production from defense could probably be expected on Wednesday, and you know similar offense probably so.
0: Yeah, and I think all of that kind of speaks to what Bruce Pearl was talking about in that he was just telling his guys to be themselves. Um, and you know, KD can't be, um, you know, can't be Zepp. And all of these guys, they're they're so unique in in what they do and what they have to offer Auburn. And it's so interesting the way that the team is set up right now, the depth that they have and how they operate so much from the guys on the bench. And they are constantly um, just taking in guys and and putting out guys. And so I think that helps them a lot in their – just their strength. But it is nice, I think, for them to have him back. And you could just tell that that rhythm that they had before was was back a little bit. Um, and I do want to talk about Walker Kessler because he continues to be um, astronomically more of an asset to Auburn than he was at North Carolina. Um, I think it's so funny uh, that what Bruce Pearl has been able to do to use him um, here versus what he was doing at North Carolina. And he earned his second triple-double of the season. Um, he had t- 12 blocks, 11 points, 11 rebounds. He is the only player currently in the NCAA right now to have um, multiple triple-doubles. What does that say to you guys and his performance and the way that he has grown throughout the season?
1: It's like you said, uh, and it kind of goes back to the, the thing you were talking about before Walker Kessler came up in the conversation. It's, it's Bruce Pearl. Bruce Pearl is has been a great coach for Auburn since he got to the Plains. And most of that is the fact that he uses his players to their strengths. He figures out he's able to most effectively use their talents or use whatever style of play that they are really good at, and he's able to com- compose a game plan for that. You know, Walker Kessler, his thing is he's a beast down low. If you're trying to drive to the rim, it's you're, you're going to be in trouble if, if Walker Kessler is guarding you because he's so disciplined. He doesn't jump early. He's very well... He's just, a, he's just a great defender, and so that's Walker Kessler's thing. He's a great defender, but he also can score. If you feed him, the, feed him the ball down low, he's right there by the basket. He can lay it up. He can dunk it. He can do whatever Walker Kessler wants to do most times in the paint. It's going to happen.
2: And you saw after, like, I believe it was maybe the Missouri game or the Georgia game, and Bruce said that the team is a sum of its parts and that no one person is more important than the other but everybody works together and that's why they're more of a team and you see that when Zeb Jasper comes back is you know they all they're so cohesive but i think i saw a stat that like walker kessler impacted almost 50% of texas a&m's two point shots in the paint on saturday wow so i mean if you got a guy that can impact 50% of the opponent's two point shots and texas a&m was not hitting threes so they had to go low i mean they did a kid had 12 blocks he had more he had the same amount of blocks as Texas a had made baskets in the first half. I mean, that's insane. If he gets one more triple-double this year, he trails only Shaquille O'Neal for all-time career triple-doubles in the SEC, and he's only played not even a full SEC season, and he's one away for being in sole second place. So, I mean, that's pretty good company to keep, I'd say.
0: Oh, for sure. Um, and then... Jabari Smith has seemed to be, to me at least, a bit off in the past game or two. Um, What is y'all's take on that and how he can get back into sync and um, maybe how the team has performed without him at his best?
1: Yeah, I mean, Jabari Smith, he's a fantastic player, and he hasn't had the 20-point games like we saw when Auburn first played Alabama in Tuscaloosa, but he still found ways to get involved in the game. And I think that's what makes Jabari Smith so good, is that even when he's not scoring a lot of points, he's still finding ways to be really effective. I don't remember the stats exactly. I think he was close to a double-double against Texas a I don't think he quite scored in double figures. I think he was like a rebound or two short uh, of that. But Jabari Smith is just, you know, he, he means a lot to this team as far as talent-wise and just he's a, he's a total team player. He's not... He's not a selfish player when it comes to you know the the projections that he's going to be a high NBA draft pick. He's not a, he's not a guy who's like, give me the ball because I'm going to be good with it. He's a guy that he needs the ball because he's going to be good with it. But also, if he's not shooting well, he knows he's going to feed his teammates. So he's a total team player, and I think that's what makes Jabari Smith just a really good asset for Auburn.
2: He didn't play well against Arkansas, and that's kind of been what we've been talking about. Is that like, well, he played better at least in overtime, but yeah. uh, Eric Musselman, Arkansas's head coach, was asked, you know, hey, Jabari hasn't been shooting terribly well. You know, are are you guys afraid of that against against your team? And he was like, absolutely. He goes, I don't want to be the team where he explodes for one. Mm. He had 20 points. I think he led the team in scoring, but a lot of those points were late. You know, Jabari hasn't been playing terribly well, but he's still Jabari Smith, and you have to respect that. So he commands at least a double team even when he's shooting poorly, and when you command a double team like that, that opens the door for guys like Walker Kessler, guys like Wendell Green to be open, guys like Katie Johnson to go run down the lane Mm -hmm. when there's nobody there. So even if he only gets you six points, he's impacting way more offense, way more defense than just those six points. So it still makes him one of the best players in the nation, even if he's only scoring, you know, just under 10 or run at 11.
1: Was it it – at the end of regulation, I think, when he had a couple of three-pointers that... End of overtime. Yeah, yeah. Or, or something like yeah. that. Because Arkansas was well into, like, you know, hey, Arkansas's going to win this game, right? And he took it right down the right side. And then it was it two then threes back-to-back, then back. Back back, and Auburn started was now only like down by, like, two or game. three or four, something like that. So Jabari Smith, it's like, even when he has that capability of even when Auburn looks to be just out of the game, Jabari Smith gets hot, Auburn's right back in it. And Bruce Pearl said, I think it was
2: in the Bahamas, it was one of those first couple games there. like, well, we figured out who our guy is late in games. Mm. It's our 18-year-old guy, or the youngest kid on the team. He's going to be shooting those shots for us late. And you saw he obviously has the capability to do it. So it's just a matter of time before he ices a game, You know, maybe an NCAA tournament with a three or something. You know, That would be really exciting.
0: Yeah, and it's funny because he's done it time and time again. And um, Bruce has talked about, you know, he's almost begging him to be a little bit more selfish um, with the ball and kind of just, I guess, take control of it, of it himself because um, he is a, he does play unselfishly, you know. He he is such a team player and um, he's so humble in interviews. Like it's just, it's he's a cool kid to watch. Um, and it would be interesting, I think, once he starts really getting in his own a little bit and gets really a little bit more comfortable now Back that they've in that groove. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, what he could be like. And I know there's been a, all this talk about him going, you know, to the NBA and stuff, but I think that there are a few things that he really needs to get more confident in himself about um before moving into that because he could be absolutely insane, like so so good um but if he can just have that confidence in himself and just be a little bit not a lot but just a little bit more selfish and because he can make those plays and he always delivers um and he's so dependable so I think you know if Auburn does end up going to the final four if they do end up going to the championship um who knows but I think he's going to be the guy that gets them there but I think that is going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you all so much for coming on and for giving us your insight. Uh, always appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Thank yeah. you. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance. And now back to the show.
0: All right. So next up, we are going to be talking about a few sports that we don't normally cover, um, but they absolutely deserve some coverage. So we're going to be talking about men's tennis and equestrian. And Casey is back with us this week. She's going to be giving us all the updates. Um, all right, Casey. Casey.
3: Yeah, so first with the men's tennis, um, we see a fantastic start to their season. The Tigers hold an 8-0 and record as they took on a doubleheader this past Sunday, where they defeated Tulane and Alabama State. Um, this actually is the first time Auburn ranks in the top 25 since their 2013 campaign. And we also saw Will Nolan on the team last week. He was named SEC Freshman of the Week after his dominant performance over Georgia Tech. We see the Tigers take on Middle Tennessee on Friday. All right, and then with Equestrian, um, talk about what happened with them this past week. Yeah, so we saw the Tigers. They remained ranked third nationally after defeating Ole Miss on Friday and number 10 Delaware State at home on Sunday. Um, They're doing fabulous as always. We always see them, you know, in the top of the rankings every year for the SEC. And they have a really competitive matchup at home on February 26th against number two Texas A&M. So hopefully they can pull out on top again and really just show how competitive they are.
0: Yeah, that'll be a fantastic matchup. Um, Like you said, we see them at the top of the rankings nationally almost every year. They've um, had some national championships um, recently. So yeah, and it'll be really fun to see them at home um we definitely encourage people to go out and see them those meets are really really fun and um, very family friendly super exciting with all the horses and stuff so y'all definitely check it out and go see it all right next we're going to be talking about
3: gymnastics in case you've got more on that for us Yeah, so this past Friday, um, the number seven Auburn Tigers took on the number nine ranked Mizzou in the Auburn Arena, and they came out on top with a 197.575 to 196.275 win. Even though that was a top 10 matchup, that was a huge win for them. We saw them, you know, against Alabama with a close call, with, with LSU with a close call. Um, but they went into the re- into this meet ranked fourth nationally on beam, and they actually broke that beam record, hitting 49.625, thanks to the help of Gabby McLaughlin scoring a career high of 9.975 on beam, which that is amazing for her. Four others also scored a 9.9 or better on beam and they all contributed to this new record. The Tigers also witnessed depth of the team this week with Arya Bush resting on Friday. So we really got to see kind of how everybody contributes to this huge win for them. And I'd like to also point out the energy of the team and also the fans at these home meets. I feel like this holds just such an impact on their performance. You know, hearing the intensity from the cheers in the, in the Auburn Arena, especially as each girl comes out, even when you have these girls who maybe don't see as much of floor time or time with the team out at these meets, they kind of just give this whole place a rush to watch the Auburn team. And it really makes these wins um, at home, a lot more meaningful. So we'll see the Tigers this Friday travel to Georgia to take on the bulldogs.
0: All right, thank you so much for that update. And I do want to add too, um, you mentioned a lot their beam. I was so impressed um, with their beam this Friday. I they every single one of them looked so fluid. they they everything was connected so beautifully and they looked they had such great balance, such great fluidity, great artistry and um and then we saw obviously Sunni just looks beautiful always um and she just continues to set records for Auburn and um as they go to take on Georgia i think their momentum is just going to carry them forward it's just going to really take them up and um it'll be fun to see where this team can go. Um, Again, like you said, they had that close call against LSU. Um, That was a disappointing loss, but I think they definitely held their own against a really, really good team. So um, we'll see. Thank you so much for that update, Casey. Thank you. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for us today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to... check out more of our content on the Plainsman website and we publish new articles, new content there um, pretty much every day. So definitely check that out. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll see you next time.